Welcome, beautiful ones, to Talk and Tea with Esha. This is season two of Talk and Tea with Esha and the first podcast of 2021. So I've intentionally taken my time to record a new podcast um, because I like to, one, not rush, and two, um, feel into how the energy is going, not just within myself, but within the collective. Um, so you'll notice that the name of the podcast has changed from Talking Tea with Amanda to Asha because I've made that transition for myself. This uh, movement of the first half of my life as Amanda into the second um, half of my life with Asha. And it's a beautiful transition, a new beautiful step into creating um, what my next stage and journey of life will be. So I'm so happy to be here with you, happy to be recording this first podcast of 2020, where we can continue our conversations about life, about death, um, about the things that sometimes are a little bit hard to talk about, and hoping to bring on some amazing guests this year um, to feed and nourish our souls in conversation. But before we get any deeper, let's begin to settle in as we normally do. So I have my tea here with me. It is a white chocolate peppermint tea and it smells amazing and it tastes even better. And so if you have your tea, go ahead and maybe find a comfortable place to sit. Giving your body permission to Relax your mind, your breath. You can begin by taking a deep in-breath through your nostrils. And as you exhale through your mouth, drop a little bit deeper into your seat. And so wherever you're sitting, Try to lengthen your spine as much as you can. Invite your shoulders to roll up and down your back. Maybe if you've had a very tense, stressful week, you can imagine those boulders, those stress boulders sitting on top of your shoulders. And every time you roll your shoulders up and back, imagine those boulders just sliding down your back and crash into the ground into tiny pebbles and just releasing the energy of that tension. Invite your jaw to loosen, the tension behind your eyes to soften. Invite all the facial muscles to be at ease. So coming into this space, into this present moment with a deep sense of gentleness, a deep sense of relaxation, knowing you don't have to be anywhere to do anything. This is just an opportunity for you to be here with yourself, to cultivate a little bit of inner intimacy, inner stillness. And if you're holding your tea mug, 
feeling the warmth radiate into your palms. Just invite that warmth to travel up into your arms, your shoulders. Just bring in that warmth into your belly. And with each passing breath, this intentional breathing, so moving from this automatic breathing that we normally do to breathing with intention, becoming aware of your breath. And we can fall into this state of deep stillness and deep listening. Noticing the rise and fall of sensations and thoughts and feelings, but not feeling the need to cling to any one of them, that we can courageously allow them to fall away, not pick them up, to dissect them, see what they mean. Just let them come and go. With each in-breath, this breath that signifies rebirth, this coming home, this, this being. You can invite some compassion for the day that you've had, for this you that you are right now. And as you exhale, this out-breath representing what is dying, the letting go. You can bravely choose what you're ready to part with. So let's take a nice deep in-breath through the nostrils. And exhale through the mouth. One more time in through the nostrils. And exhale through the mouth. And when you're ready, take a sip of your tea. Just take a moment to, to just notice the taste in your tongue, and your taste buds. The feel of the warm liquid down your throat into your belly. So this first podcast of 2021, um, a little twofold. First, really want to talk about the innocence of grief and how, how we can grow through such an intense experience, um, how it shapes us, how, or how it can shape, shape us, yeah? And then also moving into a little bit about, because, you know, just off the beginning of this year, I know I've been experiencing a lot of intense uh, emotional energy um, last couple of weeks. And so we'll, we'll move into a little bit of that as well. But before we... Before I get into um, the innocence of grief, I want to share a poet with you. And her name is Rabia, Rabia of Basara. 
And she was born around, they estimate 717 to year 801. And uh, she's actually a female Muslim saint. And her story goes that um, she was quite a beautiful woman, but when she was quite young, she was separated from her parents. They think her parents died and she was left um, wandering around homeless. She was sold, she was stolen and sold into uh, slavery. And because of her remarkable beauty, um, uh, a famous brothel bought her for a large sum. And it's believed that she lived and was forced to work as one might in a brothel, in that particular brothel for many years. But here's this quote that I wanted to share with you of the immense beauty of this woman, of how she chose to not allow her circumstance and experience to diminish her, but how she used it for opportunity to get closer to, to God. And here's her quote. She wrote, what a place for trials and transformation did my lover put me. But never once did he look upon me as if I were impure. Dear sisters, all we do in this world, whatever happens is bringing us closer to God. Right? And lover in this poem relates to God. And when I first read that quote, it was such a powerful quote for me. And um, I couldn't help but think about my own grief experience and how the trials and tribulations and the intensity of that, um, of my grieving process, how that dark night of the soul, how it actually did bring me closer to God. You couldn't see it in the beginning and while you're in the midst of it, right? Because you're in the throes of the passion of it. But as you begin to, things begin to clear and the fog begins to clear, you begin to see that God was here in this story too. And so there's, there's this innocence um, of our grieving stories, right? Almost it, it puts us back um, in touch with the ancestral roots of our humanity, And grief is something that isn't just new for us, right? Human beings have been experiencing grief from the beginning of time. You go all the way back, they may not have had a word for the inner ache and the sadness that um, individuals felt. But now we know what that thing is, and it's called grief, and it's, it's ancestral, it's passed down, right? And not all families know how to deal with grief. Um, and so each family handles grief a little bit differently, um, which in turn guides us into a different place with how we show up to grief, right? So pretty much, you know, however it was modeled for us is more than likely how we will end up grieving. But what strikes me so tenderly is though grief feels very heavy, very intense, there, there's the innocence of it ca catches me, captivates me. Because 
at the center of grief is love, right? It's love. We either lose someone or something that we love, something that was cherished, and we don't know how to handle that loss, how to be without that person or thing. And so with the innocence of, of this grief guiding us back to our ancestral roots, we connect with a tribal sense of loss, of death, and, and of our collective sufferings. We begin to remember the story of our humanity, of our original gift as human beings to feel, to sense, and to hold each other. Right? And so we hold each other in this sacred way where the other knows that they're not alone. The other knows that they're not the only one suffering. The other one knows that, oh, this grief doesn't just belong to me. It also belongs to my brother and sister, wherever they might be in any parts of the world. And when we're able to see grief with a deep sense of innocence, we can begin to develop a bigger heart to include not just our own suffering, right, but the suffering of others. And one of the things I found in my own journey is how, how much more vulnerable, open, and expansive my heart is. Like I feel more. It's almost as if that whatever crack happened inside of me through all the griefs of my life, this is not just the grief over the loss of losing my, my mom or my husband, or but it's all the grief of my life, not just the loss of, a, of a, a beloved one, but loss of who I used to be, um, loss of childhood innocence. It's, it's everything, it's everything combined. There is this vastness, this space inside the heart that opens up so wide and it almost feels infinite. And sometimes I'm in complete awe because I'll ask myself, how big and wide does this heart actually go? Is there an end to it? And I think it is infinite. And so we find that in the innocence of grief that we're actually walking side by side with each other. With our open hearts to feel more, to accept not just our own aches and pains, but to accept the aches and pains of another, a stranger, the unknown. And in some strange way, it, it reconnects us to the innocent child that lives within us. The innocent child that didn't block pain or didn't block uncomfortable emotions, but knew how to express it. 
Because when children are hurt, they what the first thing they do, they start crying. They go straight to the pain and they embrace it. And what we do as adults, we do the opposite. We go as far away from the pain as we possibly can. Rather than tend into that ache right then and there in that present moment. But as I continue to craft and weave um, this grief app that I'm creating and coming into the mission of why I'm even creating this grief app, which is to reframe our grief stories, that it's, it's not grief or, but it's grief and. That in my grief experience, I can experience grief and sadness and heartache, but I can also experience joy. Love is still present, laughter, life. And so we're reminded that grief and is available to us. And we, we, you and I, can create a brand new story of how we want to step into our next chapter. We may not have all of the pieces or see all of the pieces, but we begin to get glimpses of the new that we're becoming because we're not the same that we used to be. We're so different. And so unclinging from the past the past that you had before you entered into this grief story um, is crucial, right? Giving yourself permission to move into yet another state because grief is an evolutionary process. As I gaze at my own self and how vulnerable I've become, not vulnerable in a weak way, right? Because vulnerability, most people tend to think, oh, you know, that's a sign of weakness, and it's, that's far from the truth. Right. My vulnerability gives me permission to actually feel, to show up to my feelings, to my emotions, and acknowledge them, and to befriend them, and to say to them, tell me your story. Simple as that, tell me your story. And so these last few weeks, <clears throat> you know, definitely have I felt that been a been feel like I've been a, in a tailspin. I've been overdoing, overworking, overgiven. My anniversary that I would have celebrated with my husband is coming up on February twenty second. So you know, there are a couple weeks before that happens. I, I begin to feel emotional some anxiety pieces starts to surface. My neck, I got a stiff neck um, last weekend that was so painful, but it also gave me an opportunity to journey with the pain to see, one, what resistances I was holding, what was coming up to be released. And so through tears and due to discomfort and 
The only thing left to do was just completely surrender. And so the intense emotional energies that we can feel in grief or just feel normally where we are right now with still this, this COVID environment that we're in, which is still holding so many of us in a state of grief, in a state of the unknown. How can we respect our energies and give equally to ourselves as we're given to others? And so I've been asking myself the question, well, which areas of my life can I pull back and say no to? And which areas can I say yes to? And what does really, what does true self-care look like? Right? And normally when we talk about self-care, most people think, oh, the body, I'll get a massage and I'll do, you know, get a pedicure. But we're talking about true nourishment for mind, body, and soul. Because each of those layers need to be nourished in a different way. So for me, writing poetry nourishes my soul. Yoga and dancing nourishes my body. Stillness and meditation practice nourishes my mind. But what I'm learning these first couple of weeks in the year is how to be still when these intense emotions rise up, how to give them permission to pass through me rather than feeling like I've got to hold them so tightly. And so allowing the emotions to surface, to acknowledge, if you need to cry, allowing your tears to come and flow freely to breathe through the difficult ones that steal your breath away. To be present with what is, what's coming up, to be cleared away. Because it's all a clearing, right? When these things come up for us to see and to feel, it's a clearing that's happening. And so we're cleaning, we're constantly cleaning. I think last, last year I did an episode, a podcast on cleaning. And that's what we're really doing each and every moment, right? We're cleaning ourselves. It's like how cats and dogs lick lick themselves to clean. We're doing it too, but in a different way. We're cleaning away some old self-limiting beliefs that no longer serve our highest good. We're cleaning, cleaning away some of the debris from the ego that says it's just I, 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 me, me, me. We're cleaning away some of the negative thought patterns, those inner critics. So there, there's a constant cleaning that's that's happening. And so rather than punish ourselves to and thinking, oh, there's something wrong with me because I'm having this deep, intense emotion right now. Maybe we can have a different recognition and say, oh, something is coming up for Claren for me right now. Can I be with this? Can I invite this moment to be? And just breathe and let it pass. So this is courage, right? Showing up to the present moment, showing up 
to yourself, showing up to your feelings without judgment, right? We don't have to judge it. We don't have to judge it. We simply have to be at ease with it. And I know that sounds like like hogwash, right? Well, how do you just be with it? Really what we're doing each and every time we're met with something that's uncomfortable and we dare ourselves to be in that space with it. We're building up a resiliency to be able to handle uncomfortable. When we've only ever experienced comfortable, we don't know how to handle uncomfortable. So you, you've never really flexed that muscle before. So it feels weak. Right, so the next time something comes up for you and you feel uncomfortable, can you stay? Can you give it permission to be and for whatever that uncomfortable feeling emotion is, what does it have to tell you? What is its story? Because it's a part of you. Invite it to your banquet table. Let it sit in your hall. Pour a good glass of wine for it. Drink in its honor. And this way, we can come to know and experience that our emotions are not our enemies, but actually a friend. Our body is the compass that's constantly guiding us in the direction that we need to go. I definitely know it for me. Experiencing this neck pain, right, reminded me that I was doing too much, that I was overgiven, overdoing. And there wasn't enough coming in to nourish me. Absolutely. And there was also this reminder, right, that I also wasn't fully expressing how I was feeling about things, which I can fall into that sometimes. I I can retreat inward into myself because that's my comfort zone. So what these last couple of weeks has really revealed to me is how important creating boundaries are for me and how speaking my voice is truly important for me, that I too deserve to be heard. And I was able to do some healing work around that. And so, yeah, there's there's opportunity in each and every moment for us to, to heal something that is coming up so many pieces to to us right how was your tea so i want to share with you another poem you know we share poems here and this one is by my meister eckhart and the poem is titled so fragile as we grow and as I read this, I really res- it really resonated with me because I do feel as I, as I grow and as I become, again, I feel more vulnerable and fragile. And I'm grateful for that. Right? And so Maisa Eckhart says, 
Someday you will hear all things applaud your wonder. Life claps in awe of the divine's performance. When your veil is removed, you, dear you, everyone will see that your being is holy. Raising their children is the primary care and purpose of some. This is a blessed state. For an oasis of love is found in the desert. The heart only reflects the sky when it is given and compassionate. Who would want to stand before a mirror that was shattered and thus distorts our beauty? This is so fragile as we grow. An oasis for all life the soul becomes when it is unveiled. And so as you grow in your grief, as you sit with the innocence of your grief, how are you growing? How are you becoming? What is being revealed in you, through you, around you? Who is the new coming forth in this process? What are the old things that are dying? What are the new things that are being born? How are you cleaning yourself? Right? Not talking about the physical cleansing, but how are you clean in the inside? What does that look like? How are you allowing your body to show you the way? It's not judging these Maybe there are pain sensations, different feelings that are aroused in the body. Can we invite even that? Right. So the innocence of grief, teaching us, guiding us that we are all in this together. We are all in this together. And that makes me feel a deep sense of community, that I'm not alone. By myself, I couldn't do this alone. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. And I actually don't want to do it alone. I want companionship along the way. I want to be able to share my story whether it's a grief story or a joy story or a love story. I want to connect. I want to connect. I want to feel not just my own stuff, but to be able to embrace the other. So I'll leave you with this last poem that I wrote the other day. Lately, I've been writing poetry because that's what's really been nourishing my soul of late as I sit with some intense emotional energies that has been coming up for clearing for me. And these poems are a direct, they're like love letters to, to God or between God and I. I don't have a title for this one, so here goes. 
There's a sweet melody that comes from the center of my bosom that portends of a wild love affair of a mad woman and her lover. Day and night, you can hear their wild screams of ecstasy rolling like thunder from their mouths. They're always seen together, neck to neck, thigh to thigh, kissing and hugging, madly in love with each other. At the end of the day, when they retire, he says to her, Darling, I love every inch of your perfect imperfections. And she, with her wild hair spilling like midnight around his arms, say with a tender smile on her lips, Oh, my love, your love is boundless and timeless. And I am but a treasure that glows like a bright star in your presence. This is the love that exists between God and his beloved. When I write like this, I come home, I come back home to myself to what truly nourishes my soul, what truly keeps me and holds me. It's this deep inner love that I have with the divine, this relationship, this love affair. I love to call it a love affair. So welcome to Talking Tea with Esha season two. This is podcast one of 2021. I'm so happy to be journeying with you this year. We don't know where this year is gonna take us and I don't pretend to know where and I don't want to know where. Rather, I am choosing to allow 2021 to unfold itself right in front of me and to be present as it unfolds day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. This is the way. So until next time, Please be well, please be safe. Please take a moment for yourself each day. Find what nourishes you, your mind, your body, your soul, and do more of that. Namaste.